What is up guys, it is Quinn here. And in this video, I'm gonna be running through my start sits at the tight end position for week four of the NFL season. So going through all 16 matchups, talking about every single fantasy relevant tight end and either listing them as a start or a sit. So do I trust them in my lineup or would I keep them on my bench? I already talked about this in the quarterback start sit video, but if you guys are seeing this one first, as you guys can probably tell, different background, different setup. I was down in Tampa. Uh, hurricane coming in so we got to move all my stuff in a hotel now so definitely not an ideal setup but powering through still going through both the quarterbacks and the tight ends that are coming out here on wednesday so you know we have the same schedule going on if you guys have any fantasy questions you guys can drop those down below waiver wire trade target start sit whatever it is i will get to all of them in the comment section but let's jump into the first tight end matchup here thursday night football dolphins taking on the Bengals. And for the Dolphins, Mike Isecki, I know, is someone who's been a fantasy-relevant tight end over the past few years. He's been a guy who finishes as, you know, right inside that top 12, right outside the top 12. He's a potential streamer, you know, in previous seasons. This is me telling you guys, if you still have him hanging around on your roster, it is time to drop Mike Isecki. This is something I've been talking about leading into the season after the first few weeks. Mike Gusecki is not playing the same role he had in years past. In previous years, Mike Gusecki was basically a wide receiver. He would, you know, line up outside a ton. So he was getting basically wide receiver usage, which is what we wanted. That's what made him valuable. The Dolphins are no longer using him that way. And unfortunately, he hasn't exactly adapted to being, you know, the standard NFL tight end. And that has led to him basically falling out of the rotation. So here in week three, Mike Gusecki only ran seven routes. That's not cutting it. I mean, like, it's just he's droppable at this point. He shouldn't be on any rosters. So enough with Gusecki there. He is done as a fantasy relevant tight end, at least for this season. Um, you know, and I don't really see anything changing here. You know, you're focusing on Tyreek Hill. You're focusing on Jalen Waddle. You want to get those guys the ball. Mike Gusecki just seems to have kind of fallen out of favor here. On the other side with the Bengals, Hayden Hurst was someone who saw some decent volume through two weeks, but still it just hasn't been super fantasy relevant. His route participation wasn't great in week three, so not someone I want in my starting lineup. Moving over to Sunday, we have the Vikings taking on the Saints. And for the Vikings, I think Irv Smith is someone who a lot of people consider to be a decent streaming option. If you're really desperate, I think you could do worse. But just looking through three weeks, he's got 6.6 points per game, only 16 total targets. He hasn't gone over 40 yards in a game. He's just not someone that's inspiring a ton of confidence for me here. Maybe he's someone who kind of builds throughout the season, gets better. He's probably going to be someone who's streamable during bye weeks. But when we have 32 teams playing, it's tough for me to, you know, list Irv Smith here as a start given his production through three weeks or lack thereof. On the other side with the Saints, I don't think we can trust Taysom Hill. I don't think we can trust Jawan Johnson. So both of those dudes are going to be sits. We have the Browns taking on the Falcons. And for the Browns, we have David Njoku coming off of a massive performance. Everyone knows he killed it, you know, had a ton of volume, all of that stuff. But I think the important thing is that David Njoku has had a lot of volume in terms of playing time over the first three weeks. He has played at least 88% of snaps in all three games. So this isn't really a thing where David Njoku had some type of breakout performance, but he's only getting like 50% route participation. They are giving David Njoku a huge percentage of snaps. He's in the game a lot. And when you see a guy have a breakout like that, 
you have to assume they're going to continue to use him. Obviously, he's not going to have the same week three performance every single week, but in terms of tight end position, it's tough to have a ceiling game like that. David Njoku did it. I still don't think he's like a bona fide top 12 guy moving forward, but I totally think he's right on that fringe and is someone who is streamable moving forward. I mean, like he put up more points in that game than some of these, you know, guys we're trying to stream have put up in three weeks. So I do think David Njoku is startable. On the other side, Kyle Pitts finally had a solid game. You know, he was struggling through two weeks with people panicking in the comment section. I was kind of trying to be the voice of reason here. We got to stay the course. You spent a third or fourth round draft pick on Kyle Pitts for a reason. We can't just throw him away after two down games. So he didn't do anything crazy, but he got some volume. You know, he led the team in receiving yards. It's kind of unfortunate because in the game where he did kind of break out or have this better performance, the uh, Falcons passing volume was just non-existent. So we couldn't really turn it into a monster game, but I still think he's someone who's startable moving forward. Like if you were asking me, would I take him in the third round, you know, again, if we were drafting right now, the answer is no, but he's still totally a viable start and probably a mid-tier tight end one at worst at this point. Moving into the Bills-Ravens matchup for the Bills, I love Dawson Knox coming into the season. He just hasn't performed through three weeks, so he's definitely going to be a sit. For the Ravens, Mark Andrews, don't even need to talk about it here. He is the wide receiver one on that team at the tight end position. The dude is just a stud and a locked-in start every single week. In a divisional matchup between the Commanders and the Cowboys, for the Commanders, I got a lot of heat last week for listing Logan Thomas as a sit. This is kind of what I was talking about in that video where I was saying he had given you decent production through two weeks, but the volume wasn't crazy and he was the number four target on this team. Like he is firmly behind McLaurin, Samuel, Jahan Dotson in terms of target share, opportunities, all of that. So once this offense comes back down to earth, if he was barely giving you streamable production, you know, when Carson Wentz was going berserk, when Carson Wentz comes back down to, you know, this planet, Logan Thomas isn't going to be doing too hot. So I think he's someone who's streamable during bye weeks. But like I said, with another dude, with all 32 teams playing, I just can't really list him as a start. You're going to have to hope for a touchdown. And that's not what I like going for at the tight end position. Then we've got for the Cowboys, Dalton Schultz, and he misses week three. It seemed like he was a game time decision, so maybe he'll have a good shot at returning here in week four. I think he's a start. You know, he had a solid week one, suffered an injury week two, haven't gotten to see a ton out of him, but, you know, someone that we relied upon last year and should be solid and should be even better once Dak Prescott does return. Next matchup is between the Seahawks and the Lions. For the Seahawks, we've got Will Disley out here catching a touchdown like every other week. Definitely not startable, though, no volume. Noah Fant, you know, they're basically splitting opportunities here. For the Lions, we saw TJ Hawkinson get out to a slow start, finally got into the end zone in week three, didn't really have the volume, but someone I think you can continue to trust as a back-end tight end one. He's definitely not going to have the uh, ceiling of some of these other tight ends, or even maybe the consistency, but he's still someone you can trust, in my opinion. Moving over to the Chargers-Texans game, we saw Gerald Everett kind of come back down to earth here but he's still someone who was getting solid usage. He you know, wasn't just phased out of this offense. So I still think he's someone you're relying on as a top 12 guy moving forward. For the other side with the Texans, nothing going on here at the tight end position. I guess the best option right now is Jordan Akins, and he is definitely going to be a sit. Into a divisional game between the Titans and the Colts, 
for the Titans. Austin Hooper just not super involved. Some people may be interested in Jelani Woods. For me, this is reminding me of the OJ Howard week one game where he catches two touchdowns, you know, runs barely any routes, and then everyone wants to pick him up on waivers to find out that he's just not going to be doing anything. Jelani Woods is a little bit different though because he is a rookie. So, you know, moving forward, this could be interesting, but I still don't think he's going to be fantasy relevant this season. He did get those two touchdowns, only ran 11 routes. So it was kind of just like a fluke positive game, in my opinion. Obviously, he had to do something to, you know, score those touchdowns, but this is not something we can be expecting consistently. And until we see more route participation, he's just not someone who's fantasy viable. Another matchup with two guys who are not fantasy viable, Cole Komet with the Bears, just got to get rid of all of these Bears pass catchers. No value here. And then for the Giants, Daniel Bellinger had a decent game in uh, week three on Monday night, but still not someone we can be trusting in our lineups. Then we have the Jaguars taking on the Eagles. And I actually want to talk about Evan Ingram here. I do have him listed as a sit, but when we're talking about someone who is very close to being a start, that is Evan Ingram. And the reason for that is his you know usage and overall, you know, like snaps are very solid. So three weeks, he's had 71% snap share, 69% snap share, 76% snap share. He had 80% route participation here in week three. His route participation was also really strong in week two. Week two is his best game. So he has the foundation there in terms of the opportunities could be there for Evan Ingram. He just needs to produce. If he starts producing, then he becomes a startable guy. But I think it's much more important for these fringe tight ends. It's not good to look at, you know, like, oh, look, this player scored X number of points because if they score one touchdown, it's going to wildly skew the whole thing. To find some of these more breakout guys, we want to be looking at volume because the volume is going to set the foundation for consistency. I don't care if a dude has, you know, a 20 yard touchdown catch. I don't want him the next week if he has 40% route participation. So just kind of the more in-depth things that we do have to be looking at. On the other side with the Eagles, Dallas Goddard, a very strong, you know, mid-tier tight end one play. Then we have the Jets taking on the Steelers. My guy Tyler Conklin, you know, a solid waiver wire pickup. He's the tight end three in points per game through three weeks. I don't think anyone would have predicted that. And he did it on only one touchdown. So it's not like he came out, you know, has caught three, four touchdowns, been carried by that. He's been targeted 24 times through three weeks, eight targets a game for a tight end, very solid. So the usage is there. I think he's someone you just continue to ride until we see a dip in that volume or the usage hasn't happened yet. So we're still rolling with Tyler Conklin on the other side with Pat Fryermuth, someone who you can always rely on as a back end tight end one play. Next game is between the Cardinals and the Panthers. For the Cardinals, you continue to fire up Zach Ertz as a very strong start, a mid-tier tight end one option, and then sitting any of the Panthers tight ends. I guess Ian Thomas would be the quote-unquote best option, but you know there really isn't a best option. Next game is between the Patriots and the Packers. I'm going to be sitting both of these tight ends. Hunter Henry went from like very touchdown dependent last year to just non-existent in this offense, so he's really disappeared. For the Packers, Robert Tanyan is involved. He just doesn't have enough volume, enough production to actually warrant a start, but maybe someone who could continue to get better as he is coming off that ACL. He'll probably have his better games, you know, like down the stretch in the second half of the season. The next game is a divisional matchup between the Broncos and the Raiders. For the Broncos, Alberto's usage has really fallen off. It's concerning. His overall, you know, like snap rate, route participation, it's not good. 
So he is going to be a sit. For the Raiders, we have Darren Waller as a start. Hasn't exactly lit it up to start off the season, but you know we're not sitting Darren Waller at this point. And then Sunday Night Football, we have the Chiefs taking on the Buccaneers. Two pretty clear calls. Obviously, we're starting Travis Kelsey, and obviously, we are not starting Cam Brate. And then the final game of the week, Monday Night Football, we've got the Rams traveling to San Francisco to take on the 49ers. Tyler Higby, one of the probably biggest surprises at the tight end position. He's averaging 11 points per game through three weeks, and he has done that with zero touchdowns, which is very impressive. He's a guy just like Tyler Conklin, been targeted 24 times through three weeks. He's basically the number two weapon on this team. Like people thought it was going to be Allen Robinson. You know, I'm not coming out here and saying I thought it was going to be Tyler Higby. I don't think anyone thought that. But, you know, he's emerged. He's getting volume. This should be a decent offense. So maybe, you know, he hasn't even really hit his ceiling yet if this offense does improve and he maintains his volume. But those are my thoughts on Higby. And then the other side with the 49ers, George Kittle, we saw him in his first action this season. Didn't do anything crazy. You still fire him up as a start once again here in week four. So those are all 16 week four matchups. Let me know what you guys think about my start sits. You know, am I an idiot? Did I miss on a guy? Did I say a guy was sitting when he should start? Did I say a guy was starting when they should have sit? Let me know down below. Any other fantasy questions? Uh, If you did enjoy the content, just do me a huge favor. Hit that like button and subscribe. It really does help me out a ton. As always, thank you guys for stopping by and I will see you in the next one.